For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a daily podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. All this week, we'll be speaking with Dr. Tasha Chapman. Tasha, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be with you, John. Yeah, thanks again for making time. Uh, Dr. Chapman serves as the Director of Educational Studies and Adjunct Professor of Educational Ministries at Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. Previous to coming to Covenant, she worked in campus ministry and then directed women's ministry in a local church. She views educational ministry as the lifelong process of growing toward maturity in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit with the body of Christ. Her courses study relevant applications of current educational research, learning theories, and methods that can strengthen our ministries. Her current consulting and research focuses on leadership and self-stewardship and ministry, cross-cultural learning, and instructional and curriculum design. She co-authored Resilient Ministry, What Pastors Told Us About Surviving and Thriving, which was published by InterVarsity Press in 2013 and contributed to the ESV Women's Devotional Bible released by Crossway in 2014. Uh, Tasha, before we get started, would you mind just telling us a little bit more about your family and how you came on staff at Covenant Theological Seminary? Yeah, I'd be glad to. So I'm married to the other Dr. Chapman on campus, which sometimes <laughs> uh, fools people. He's a professor in New Testament um, with quite a background in archaeology as well. Um, and so we were actually living in Europe for three and a half years. That's where he did his dissertation and doctoral studies. Um, we didn't expect to come back to the States, but when Covenant pulled hard on us, um, we moved back at the time with two little girls, um, and I started working at a local church. Um, our girls are now young adults, um, grown and mostly out of the house. Uh, mostly, that is, you know, this generation <laughs> tends to hang at home uh, more than not. Uh, but we're enjoying the enjoying that stage of life. Um, after working at the church a few years, I started my doctorate in education. Just had such a hunger to dip into the research on the teaching learning process. Um, and during that work, um, started team teaching at Covenant Seminary just part-time, started working with international women and with the women's student groups, um, you know, leading small groups and mentoring. And that just pulled me on campus more and more, pulled me into administration work with our distance education team, um, started teaching the dissertation preparation course, which sounds very boring to most people, but I actually <laughs> love that course, love helping uh, ministry leaders, when they come back for a break time, um, really pursue their passion to find help uh, uh, through the research and interviewing um, for really, really challenging areas in the church. Um, so the more I taught, the more um, I loved the, the work of being on campus, uh, back in campus ministry, as it were. In a sense, I feel like I've never left the campus since I started in campus ministry with undergrads, um, and now I'm just with graduate students. So it's a delight to work up there. Um, it's been full-time for the last, um, I guess, more than a decade. Hmm. Wow. And yeah, and I should have said, too, that uh, 
Tasha has helped a great deal with uh, RYMs. Uh, we've released two uh, 12-week studies, Bible 101 and Prayer 101. And just uh, behind the scenes, you've been taking the time to just at least look over it and offer some advice. So we appreciate your, your help uh, with that. Um, and anybody who's interested in downloading those can visit our site and look under the Bible studies link for those. But again, thank you for that. Yeah, no, my joy, really clear um, well structured content, um, real, really thoughtful curriculum, and I, I have a real passion for curriculum for the church. So thank you for your work on that. Uh, absolutely, thanks for partnering with us. Um, so th- this week we'll be talking about, uh, I guess that's a good segue, uh, Christian education. Um, Tasha, and, and by the way, she told me to refer to her as Tasha and not Dr. Chapman. So. Yeah, right. uh, Tasha will be talking about Christian education and specifically advice on teaching students in student ministry. Uh, for those who frequently listen to the show, you may remember that we spoke with Dr. John Kwasney, who's an adjunct professor at Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson, um, about this topic as well. And those are episodes uh, 26 through 30, uh, so you can go back and check those out. So with all that out of the way, Tasha, are you ready for today's question? I'm ready. All right. Uh, so, Tasha, what are three um, or more, uh, you can add to it, uh, important practices on leading a successful lesson or a successful Bible study, just based on your years of uh, educational experience? What are three important practices you'd encourage uh, students to do as they teach other students in student ministry? Right. So I've kind of got four B's in my bonnet um, on this one. Um, things that I think um, can make a huge difference just in that weekly meeting, um, whether it's studying scripture or we're eating pizza, um, uh, whatever it was we're doing. The first one sounds obvious, but it actually takes a lot of time and thought, and that is know your learners as much as possible. Mm. Um, for example, you know, if, if we're working with youth and we're in our 20s, we can think, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember being a teen. Um, But the truth is our culture changes so quickly um, Mm. that even people in our 20s, when they read the most recent research on where our youth culture is right now, will say it's cross-cultural ministry. Um, So I really encourage us, and this is true for any teaching learning situation, we want to know our learners as much as we can. What's their home context? What's their history? Um, What challenges can we predict that they're dealing with in daily life? And are we addressing those together? Um, when they come to spend time with us, do we realize they're bringing, in a sense, all those challenges in a backpack on their on their shoulders with them when they step into our Bible study? And so are we allowing um, and preparing for some of that to be unloaded uh, in the Bible study, not letting it take us by surprise, but actually inviting inviting it in? Um, uh, these things, um, there's just such good research out there for us in this country on these things from the social scientists and from Christian practitioners, both. And so just taking some dips into that, understanding um, particularly developmentally, um, where are our learners? Um, you know, our teenagers, um, they can look a lot like adults, but actually our brains are radically changing all the way up to age 25. And so just looking at some developmental charts on cognition, on social um, development, that can help us respect instead of being frustrated with them because mm-hmm. they're not being as mature as we think they could because they look the size mm-hmm. like they should know this already kind of thing. But to realize, no, this is human. I need to respect this. This is how humans grow and develop. Um, and so just a little bit of work that can make a big difference so that we challenge them at a respectful level. Um, 
uh, and yet don't don't flatten things either. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really dealing with challenges uh, with where they are. You know. Yeah, that's, that's my first one. Yeah, that's some great advice. And uh, like you said, that's something we we might can can easily skip over, but it's so important. I mean, I know uh, just in some some preaching classes as well, they talk about the importance of exegeting your congregation um, and kind of thinking about those people that are sitting out in the pews and what they're struggling with and um, all of that. And so, yeah, to try to think about these teenagers um, in this just ever changing culture and what they're dealing with. And um, anyway, that's that's some very helpful advice um, because absolutely it will assist in application. Um, and help you be more thoughtful with the material you're conveying. So that's very helpful. Right. Yeah. And, and, and a real challenge because usually we're, we're pretty overwhelmed just by the details of um, administrating the program and being there um, and, uh, and the content, whatever content in a sense we're bringing to the lesson um, that can take, we can put all our time there instead of thinking about who our learners are Absolutely. Um, and how that content is or isn't going to engage them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second thing is, um, and the, the big words on it would be to create a psychologically safe, welcoming place for our learners, for our students. Um, you know, and these are psychological safety. That's a pretty common term. People say, oh, I felt safe there or not. But that whole idea of do the, do the youth, when they walk in, do they feel welcome? Or are they looking for, uh-oh, do I have a friend here or not? Oh, no, where am I going to sit? Oh, no, who's going to talk to me? Um, we know it's a fearful time of life. Um, learning can be a very fearful thing in our culture. Um, our culture actually presses in on us and tells us it's not okay to be wrong, and therefore it's not okay to learn. Because if to learn is to be wrong, uh, then learning becomes a very fearful thing for us. Um, that's a culture we live in. So can we create a place where it's okay to fail and try again? It's okay to be wrong. We're not going to be shamed. We're not going to be embarrassed. Um, can, are we are really thinking, okay, how do I make this psychologically safe and welcoming for my teenagers in the, in the midst of all their challenges? Hmm. Another excellent point. I mean, <clears throat> again, just thinking of the issues that are face, facing these teenagers, I mean, issues that um, we never would have dreamed of facing, you know, back when, when we were going through high school. Um, and so giving them a safe environment uh, where they feel free to ask questions, uh, free to, to um, you know, admit their own struggles. Um, yeah, that, that's, that can't be overstated um, with this generation, especially, it seems like. Yeah. And when they come to youth group, um, as our, our listeners know even better than I do, you know, they're, they're already so divided socially mm-hmm. um, into their different clicks, et cetera, <clears throat> hyper aware of that. They're probably coming from different high schools, different or homeschooling, different learning environments. And to help them form community, that's no simple thing to help them feel safe with each other mm-hmm. um, because they, they, they are so hyper aware of their diversity, um, not just racially, but I mean, in every sense mm-hmm. of their context. And so <clears throat> how do we, how do we um, really help them work on that? Um, that's a, a unique focus for us. Mm-hmm. And then, and we don't think about that if our head's into the content of the Bible study. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not thinking about how one of those questions might be so threatening to our teenagers that we'll get just dead silence if mm. we ask it out loud and expect mm. them to respond, for example. That's good. Yeah. So how do we make it safe? Even the questions we're asking. For example, yeah, I, I want to go to example in this one. <laughs> um, the question might be, okay, so... Um, what do you think this text means or something like, or what, um, what do you think 
uh, you should do about this, or are you obeying this command, or something like that, where it's you, it's kind of pointed, it's individual, it's asking for one right answer. Um, instead of that, what if we said, hey, what are some ways your peers probably think about this? Let's create a list. That way, everybody can get their own ideas out, even their dumb ideas, even their bad ones, you know, but they're all just listed on the board. And it's, again, it's that friend's ideas, and we're just creating a list so we can all feel good about the fact that, hey, we're making a really long list of possibilities. Okay, now let's dig into the text and really see if we can figure out which ones of these it can't be. And what you know, to really understand what this text is talking about. Yeah, so again, making the questions wider open, making them let's create a list of possibilities. Uh, so it's not bait and switch. Let's see how wrong we can all be. You know, <laughs> uh, make us fail in front of people and not have the right answer, but Sunday school answer. Um, get it on a board. Get it visual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and ask for multiple. What are multiple possibilities? Okay, now let's work it together so that we're problem solving together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's how I like to think about that. Yeah, that's that's excellent, and that just helps them also just see how scripture can apply to all of life, and you're helping them learn how to read and to study uh, scripture on their own as well. So that's yeah, very helpful. Right, and that interesting question of okay, so what might our friends think this means or think about it? Actually, not only are you going to get out what they're thinking, but you're also going to get some of that. Hey, these are the challenges my friends have to my faith. Mm-hmm. And how do I how do, how is this passage going to speak to that as well? And their own doubts are going to come out in the list. Um, so you know, rethinking questions uh, and how to go about that can really create a safe environment for them to engage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So psychological safety. That's my second one. My third one. Now here's okay. So this is where I'm getting educator. You know, <laughs> speaking the ed lingo here. But uh, bear with me. Go for it. Um, if, if this is one of the things, if I could sprinkle p- pixie dust over us all every time we're planning, you know, for our Bible study or even our pizza party, whatever our event is, I would say if we would plan each event with the end in mind. Hmm. You know, it's kind of that old cliche of, you know, if you don't have a target, uh, you know, you're shooting at nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll get what you shot at, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of, of the target is, okay, by the end of this pizza party, by the end of this Bible study, whatever the event is, I, I want to see some concrete, observable, this is how people were learning. Um, and so it's that sense of, I hope at the end of tonight's Bible study that the learners will have what? What are you going to hear and see in their body language and their faces and what they say? that you really hope is going on just within that hour and a half that you're with them. So, for example, um, I hope at the end of tonight's event, um, the youth will have practiced making observations on this passage before jumping to interpretive um, positions, for example. because And the reason I bring up that one is because in our culture, we're so pragmatic, we're so fast-paced, that, that we will jump to, what does this text mean to me, long before we should. You know, when we really need to just go back and say, what does the text say? What does the text say? And can I actually make observations on it and withhold my questions, withhold my judgment, and really learn how to study Scripture um, more thoroughly and uh, more accurately? Um, That's just one that's true for their whole culture. Uh, But again, it would be a very concrete target. You know, at the end of tonight's day, we will have practiced just our observation work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe at the end of tonight's studying, I'm hoping we'll have actually discussed ways that this passage challenges uh, the norm in my high school on whatever the issue is, maybe uh, the use of how we use our tongues and cursing. Mm -hmm. 
And so we can actually hear that learning objective. We can see the teens actually engaging in discussion. So we know we've, we've landed the target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that um, just, yeah, what will help youth workers. And I mean, in this scenario, be just be more intentional with what they're trying to accomplish and having it, you know, a vision and a goal to be working uh, towards uh, just to kind of have that mindset and be forward thinking. Uh, that's yeah, helpful to think about. Right. And the hard part about this goal is we can have a the the big goal, and we do we carry it in our hearts that wow, I really I really want my youth to learn to love Jesus, to know Him and His forgiveness well. I want them to learn to love studying Scripture. Um, we can have all those big, but to say tonight, what am I going to see us? How am I going to see us engaging learning just tonight in our one hour group? Right, that's a whole different question where we can't say well. At the end of the study, I hope I'll see my students mature in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, that does not help us plan. It does not help us evaluate <laughs> or conduct the study. Mm-hmm. But if we say, boy, at the end of tonight, I hope my students will have really practiced in role play how to be calm and patient uh, when talking through a conflict with their parents. Mm-hmm. And so then that tells you, boy, if then I'll really know they've worked on this passage because we're going to role play and practice it after we studied the passage. Um, on using using our mouth to encourage or something. Um, and, and that's very different. Then it tells me, whoa, I better make sure I save time. So we actually do that. <laughs> and I actually get to hear them and watch them and participate in practicing uh, this. And I don't get to spend, I don't spend all the time uh, me maybe just talking about what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really changes what we do because it's learner focus. It's focused on how the, the people engage, not what I'm doing. Mm. So it's a very different focus um, for the event. Definitely. And that gives you some some tangibles, too, of kind of evaluating, okay, was this a successful lesson or not? Because sometimes as youth workers, <laughs> the night can end and you can think, okay, did we accomplish anything? And, anything. Um, you know, so this gives you some tangibles to be able to kind of evaluate that. So that's, that's good. Right. It tells you what to observe. You know, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to watch them as they engage. I'm going to watch their facial expressions, their body language, what they're saying and see if they're really engaging the topic the way I'd hope they would, mm-hmm. instead of just wondering, right? It just gives us a clear vision for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my last one's just short and sweet. It's, it's um, let's make sure to end our time by responding to Scripture together. And, and I use that word very intentionally. Um, often in Bible study, we think um, observation, application, uh, observation, interpretation, application, right? Uh, a three-step. But this is saying, what if we change that word application? And we don't say, well, how do we apply this? It sounds like, how do we put a Band-Aid on? You know, what if we say, okay, this is God revealing himself to us. Um, this is us learning to know him better and um, his story and how we're involved and to be part of his story. What are different ways we could respond? And let's do some of that right now. Maybe we're going to respond with some worship. Maybe we're going to respond um, with some prayer. Maybe, gonna, maybe part of our response is to do that role play. Um, but let's take, let's make sure we leave space, not just go, oh, end of Bible study, oh, we're late, you know, mm-hmm. quick, better close in prayer, mm-hmm. uh, which I think it happens uh, more often than not, at least even in my adult Bible studies. But if we could be, take a little more time to allow people to think, okay, what's my response to what God's doing? Mm-hmm. I'm going to respond to this. Um, I yeah. think that can be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And that just kind of, I guess, goes along with what James says, not to just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. So in a sense, kind of have some action items, so to speak, um, you know, from the lesson. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And, and allowing the learners to participate in what are possible responses to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What are we going to do about it? Yep. 
All right. Well, Tasha, that's a lot of helpful, helpful advice. So thank you for that.